In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. In the very first parish I served as a priest, there was a wonderful man who was a lector in the parish who loved the gospel passage we just heard about John the Baptist. He himself was a, an old theater guy, and he loved to perform the passage you just heard. And so every time this would come up in the lectionary, everyone sort of knew what was coming, but they didn't know where it was going to come from. It was kind of a church like this, where you could access the space in multiple different ways. And so people would see it in the bulletin, and there would be a nice little gospel procession with some music. And then there would be a moment of silence, and everyone would kind of wait. And from somewhere in the church, you would hear, you brood of vipers. And he would come from somewhere with all this camel hair junk on, looking messy and crazy. And he would perform the whole passage as if he were John. And it was fantastic. And it really put you in the space, put you in the mood, got you engrossed in that story as if you were there. Now this story is one that is perhaps not so easy for us to hear. You brood of vipers, that would be people like us, who proceeds to then ask, well, John, what should we do? And John says one thing after another. He hits us and then hits us again and then hits us again, and the hits keep coming. And then at the very end of the passage, we hear, and John continued to spread the good news to the people. <laughs> and you think, what is so good about this news? What is so good about this news? Well, let's put ourselves in the context of the Jewish people who would have been hearing John's words. Now, the Jewish people of that day were people who were, in essence, living under Roman rule. Now, although that kind of political rule sounds bad, there was sort of some nice things that came with that, namely security and comfort. The Jewish people, they, they really were secure. Rome made sure that no outside forces were going to invade them or take them over. And by and large, Judea at that time was able to produce enough food to feed the people, which means they were able to feed their families. Now, not everybody was in that kind of security, but most people, particularly those faithful Jews in Jerusalem, would have had the stuff that they need. Now, it's difficult for us to put ourselves in the place of having a political overruler like Rome, but we definitely understand what it's like to be relatively stable and comfortable. Most of us in here are not worried about our homes being attacked at some point today. None of us in here are likely worried about whether we're going to eat again today or be able to feed anyone that we are responsible for again today. We get that life is relatively stable. Doesn't always mean it's easy, but most of us understand that life has a predictability to it that makes us a little comfortable. And that's really what John is speaking into today. John is speaking in this passage to the Jews who are pretty comfortable, telling them that God does not care about their comfort. What John is really saying to the people who are hearing him today is that God's priority is not their comfort, nor is God's priority our comfort. God wants us to live lives of love, 
God wants us to live lives of generosity. God wants to push and challenge and stretch us outside of this comfort zone that we like so much, not only for our own benefit, but to help the people around us as we are able. I think every one of us in this room can feel the push and the hit and the challenge and the invitation of that kind of message. Every one of us in this room can be stretched a little more, can be pushed a little more to do things that are outside our comfort zone in order to help spread the love that God gives each one of us. That is the heart of this good news. Now, this third Sunday of Advent, out of the four, this is the third Sunday that many of you might remember is the pink candle. Remember that? Like, we don't have the pink candle, and I kind of like all the blue candles, so don't tell me about it. But (laughs) many of us grew up where this was the pink candle Sunday, and this was joy Sunday, Gaudet Sunday. This is the kind, this is the Sunday in the season where we remember the idea that joy is something that is very present. And joy is often conflated, unfortunately, with the idea of happiness. Joy is not happy. Happiness is something that is nice. I like being happy. But happiness is relatively shallow and can be cheap and does not sustain us. Joy, however, is something so much deeper. Joy gets way below the surface such that even when life is hard and difficult, unpredictable, painful, we can still hold joy. Joy is something that God gives us as real good news in a world that often doesn't have enough. We know what it feels like to be a little hopeless when we seem too small to do the work that the world needs done. And yet, Joy gets at this idea that no matter what we experience in the world and no matter what pain or heartbreak or trouble that the world seems to present to us, God is still present and true. Love is real and love will win. That is the hopefulness that John gives the people today in gospel lesson. And it is the hopefulness that God still gives us in the joy of this Advent season. You see, we're all looking for a bit of purpose. We're all searching for the truth that we know is there. I think we feel it, we see it, but it's almost just a little out of reach. And today John invites us to clear off and clean off, slough off the stuff that we build around us that actually keeps God at a distance, that security and comfort we think we need And John reminds us that the only thing we need is that good news of God. Now, over the last few months, I've been writing a little column in the Katy Trail Weekly, which maybe some of you have seen. And the idea is that I've been trying to put a little goodness out into the world. And I always try and ride the line of something that is explicitly Christian, even though sometimes I kind of cross the line. But I try to make it broadly appealing to everyone to kind of give them a little sense of hopefulness, a little sense of that good news. And although some of you have 
commented to me that you've seen it. I actually had a great experience earlier this week. On Wednesday mornings, I often go to the noisy Starbucks right here in Preston Center to prepare my Bible study because I'm an extrovert and I need noise. I cannot work in a silent room. And so <laughs> I like the noise and the chaos of Starbucks in the morning, and I'm able to focus. And I'm able to focus so much that I'm sure I ignore people as they walk by me. But one man came up on this Wednesday morning and interrupted and said, are you the one who writes those columns in the Katy Trail? And I said, yes. He said, well, I read the one you wrote a couple weeks ago about seeing a woman give a man some food. And so here's the story. I was walking through Preston Center going to the salad shop over there, and a woman came out holding her little bag, and there was a man on the sidewalk who stopped her who must have been asking for help because after a few seconds of interaction, she handed the man her salad and turned right back around and went into the shop again. And I was coming in and got behind her in line, and she went and ordered another salad. And I realized that the man outside was asking for help, asking for some support, probably asking for food. And instead of giving him money, she handed the salad she had just ordered right to him, went back in, and got another. What I realized was she did not solve systemic poverty in our city. She did not solve homelessness or need. But she actually helped that man that day eat a good lunch. And so I wrote this in the column, and the man who interrupted me at Starbucks said, that story has stuck with me because I realized that I think things are just too big for me to do anything about. And yet, that man had lunch that day. And I realized I can do that too. I can do small things, and even if it doesn't change the system, perhaps I can be part of what could ultimately be a much bigger change. And isn't that really what John is saying here in today's gospel lesson? We all have these little opportunities to do small acts with big love. That, my friends, is the joy of the good news of God. And so as we continue this Advent journey, as we prepare with all of the chaos and the pressure and the stress that is coming upon us at Christmas, I invite you to consider just today that there are small things that you can do that get you beyond your comfort zone to show someone else the depth of the good news of the love of God that we all see and we get to bear that good news out into the world. When John says he keeps saying words of good news to the people, perhaps what we can be is the manifestation of that good news to everyone we see. Amen.